Welcome to the Truth Podcast. I'm your host, Hani Rambod. I'm here with my co-host, Austin, and we have a very special guest for you today. By popular demand, I asked you all, who would you like to see on this podcast? And landslide, by a landslide, we brought in, yes, four time. That's right. I'm not going to call you men's physique champion. <laughs> <laughs> men's class. men's physique champion. <laughs> Classic physique champion, Sebum. Welcome. Happy to be on the podcast. There for the second, first and a half time. First and a half time. <laughs> that people don't need to know about. <laughs> first live podcast. This is the first me. time. This yes, is the first exactly, time. We'll yeah. just call it the first yeah. time. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> there, we'll leave those for the outtakes and the stories later. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we have lots of them. Actually, we do. This was a very, very different prep for me. Um, obviously, we want to get into a little bit about what was different for you. <laughs> yeah. So that what you want to talk about on the podcast? Just like the leading up of our relationship, how it started and why and random stuff? Sure. Sure. I think we should definitely do that. I mean, Austin is a, as a seer of things wow. on the 50,000 foot level. Mm -hmm. He can definitely help with being able to facilitate. So, um, as we go down these rabbit holes, but I think, yeah, I think that's a great start. I, I think that a lot of people who've asked me, they're like, Oh, how, you know, how many years have you known Chris and how long have you guys been close? And, and I'm like, uh, you mean Courtney? <laughs> Cause I've known Courtney for many, many years. Mm -hmm. And Chris and I just basically met for the first time officially at the Arnold last year, like more than just, hello, how yeah. are you? Mm -hmm. that was, before that it was just, Hey, yeah. congratulations yeah. if I saw him. But that being said, I think that the, I'll leave it to you. I mean, there was, you and Ian had a great run, mm -hmm. an amazing run. And you guys have been working together for, I mean, how many years? Um, 2014. To 2021. I was going to say, you can't say 20 some odd years. I was going to say 20 years. <laughs> Dang. All right. Since I was seven, you know? <laughs> yeah, no, so seven years. Seven yeah. years. Okay. Seven years. And did he help you with your first show? Yeah, he, he helped me get into work. He, even before I was even thinking of stepping on stage, he was helping me train. And then he got me to my first show and from there to my So was he already career. seeing your sister then or did he meet your sister through you? No, he was seeing my sister. Okay. And I was really into working out and training and like, like I was a weird kid in high school who didn't, wasn't into bodybuilding. Uh -huh. I just liked working out and I would bring like chicken and rice to school and train at lunch and like all that stuff. And then he started dating my sister and he's like, yo, your brother's like really jacked. <laughs> and then we worked out once or twice and he was like the cool like jack guy of the town. So I was like pumped that my sister started dating this dude who's like really jacked and could teach me how to get more jacked. And it kind of took me under his wing, helped me do it and then took a year off after high school. And he's like, if you want to compete, like I'll coach you for a show. And I was like, fuck it. Why not? And kind of all started there. Wow. And so you were in high school and then was he already graduated or was he in your same high school? Yeah. No, they're five years older than me. So oh, okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They were graduated. And this is back in Ottawa. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Nice. Wow. Wow. So now all of a sudden you have a brother-in-law that was able to help you because they got married and then, but the whole relationship kind of blossomed for both of you mm -hmm. at that point, yeah. Melissa, as well as your relationship with Ian, the, you turned pro with the North American and that was in 2016, 16 as a bodybuilder. A lot of people don't realize heavyweight this. bodybuilder. You were a heavyweight bodybuilder, <laughs> the tallest, so skinniest heavyweight bodybuilder <laughs> there ever was. What did yeah. you What did you weigh on stage in Pittsburgh? Um, I think it was like two nineteen. I was like just under the cutoff. Wow. Yeah. It was like six one two nineteen. So 
The small heavyweight bodybuilder. That, yeah. 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 And then I think he went up against, who did you go? I remember. Justin Rodriguez. That's right. Yeah. And he was like wrong. 260 on stage. Like, <laughs> I looked so, so small beside him. Yeah. I was in better shape, but he was huge. And he just made me look like a little midget. Mm-hmm. So. But you're, but you were, I saw some of the pictures. You were in really good shape. Yeah. No, that was one of my, after, there was like four years after that. I never got in that same conditioning. I was in good shape. That Maybe show. that has a lot to do with your autoimmune issues or any of those things possibly, or do you think it would have something to do with something else? I think it could have. I mean, full transparency, there was some compounds I was able to use at a younger age that I didn't care about, you know, that kind of help mm-hmm. you push further and get that drier, harder look. Mm-hmm. And I haven't used those now in like five years. So like that definitely helped. And then the autoimmune, some like, you know, just a little more water retention for a few years after that, like hit when I got sick. So there's definitely a few factors that would come into play for that. Yeah. Yeah. So, I think the biggest thing is that when I've worked with athletes in the past, I always try to understand their bodies, both the chemistry, both and the mindset. And I usually end up, and this was one of our first conversations that you and I had when there was a possibility of us working together was that to get to know somebody time. Well, you need somebody who communicates and yeah. she doesn't communicate no. at the level I do. Uh-huh. I can sit there and talk to Courtney for three hours. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, I can sit there and, and, and be able to dissect a lot of things, yeah. but when you're getting like four or five word answers, <laughs> you know, and not one word answers of yes and no, but he's just, you're not, you're, you're different. Yeah. I don't, I don't talk much. I'm right. a man of little words. <laughs> right. Which actually kind of works out because you can, you know, I, I can speak enough for him. Exactly. You can do a little, yeah, you <laughs> can overcompensate for that. Do, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hence we're having a seminar this because weekend. You, you now know probably if you get a phone call with Hani. You'll be there for. Oh yeah, just yeah. put it on speaker yep. and hopefully you have something to do in the background. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you'll be there for a little while. Yeah, yeah. Well, that being said, a lot of the different things that I like to look into is the mentality of the coachability aspect of an athlete, understanding how coachable somebody is. Because just because somebody had a coach in the past doesn't mean that they're going to be able to work within my system. Mm-hmm. And I think that a lot of people don't realize. They think that hey, how come so and so doesn't just you know, call Hani. Mm. They don't understand that I've already put out vibes of, of certain things of that. I don't want to always work with everybody because I already know certain people's personalities because I've known them as a kind of a friend or just acquaintance that certain people I'm just not going to jive with and they're not coachable mm-hmm. or not coachable to my level where I'm going to want to be that frustrated where in the past, maybe it, I would be less discriminant. But now I'm super discriminant about who I want to work with because I don't want to miss. I don't want to work with somebody who is going to not take my information, process it, and making sure that we have the trust in working together. And going back on the situation with Chris and I, when we originally started talking about things, I didn't have the entire off season that I would normally want. And I told you this, and we were sitting down, and I said, look, and I didn't get into that this much detail I'm about to get into right now, but a lot of it has to do with making sure that the personalities jive, that I can trust you, you could trust me, so that we can make sure that the information is going to be utilized properly so that there's not frustration on either side. And on top of that, what makes things even more dynamic and difficult is the fact that when you work with somebody, when I started working with Derek, he was in, you know, going kind of a little bit backwards. He was in fourth place in the uh, 212 Olympia. Even though he was as high as second, he was kind of slipping a little bit backwards. When I worked with Jay in 09, he was a previous Olympia champion, but he had just lost to Dexter. So he was much more open to listening to new things because before that he was working with Aceto and that kind of was something that he really felt open about change. 
with you, I was thinking to myself, mm-hmm. okay, is he going to be open about training changes, possibly nutrition changes, any of those things that I'm going to want to turn around and have input in when it comes to all the different mm-hmm. aspects. And you've already had so much success. And I was trying to see, well, how much time am I going to need to be able to understand that so that you're not frustrated and I'm not frustrated. And then when I started talking to you again, it wasn't a super huge amount of communication. And then that's when we started doing the FaceTimes. Yeah. <laughs> I would like get to know him, you know? What, I think that like my question would be initially, because I think that I always knew that you've always worked with Ian. I think mm-hmm. that that was just kind of like, you know, it's obviously been for quite a while. Uh, but I think that just hearing you actually say that, that that has been your one coach um, obviously that that's makes sense now hearing kind of behind the scenes of how much you guys went into getting to know each other to make that final decision, because obviously there are people who jump around quite a bit and, you know, we'll work with different coaches and everything. You seem to be very, very, very selective. Mm-hmm. Now, my question would be, why Hani? Why did you go that route? Cause obviously this was going to be a big deal going from somebody who's legitimate, like in your family yeah. to Hani. Why Hani? I mean, I'm a huge believer in like things happen for a reason. Mm-hmm. And it was like the timing of it was very perfect. And I was like so torn up of who it's going to be. Cause first of all, it came to the point where I was pulling away from Ian's ability to be a good bodybuilder. Yeah. He was competing at the Olympia and he'd be, you know, competing Friday night, getting back at 11. And I'd be like, okay, well like, then he'd have to tell me what to eat. I'd be up at 5am. Yeah, and yeah. it's like, that's really hard to juggle, like trying to be competing in Olympia and trying to, you know, train three times Mr. Olympia. Yeah. So we got to the point where I had to switch coaches and he, we both, Thought it was best for us, which is a very difficult decision. I was like, fuck, I have no idea who it was going to be. I was like looking around top coaches and I always, I always like have a very um, doubtful view, I guess, on like popular people. Mm-hmm. I'm like, they're probably just there because they had a few big time clients, you know, this, like they probably don't actually know they have people's good genetics. They got lucky, you know, like, yeah, yeah. I just don't trust people like that. I'm like, you know, I'd rather someone who's like in the bushes who, you know, you don't know <laughs> of, who's like really smart and really good and like people don't know about for some reason. And then I think it was at the Arnold, I guess, where me and Hani did a seminar together and we just went back and talked and obviously knowing he's the amazing stature, a lot of credibility behind mm-hmm. him. And we got into talking and just the way he was talking about more mindset than bodybuilding stuff. And that's what I'm biggest on. Yeah. People know me. I care more about my mind. You know, I know how to train and diet and I know I can learn more and I know I can get better at that. And it's very like physical what I can apply to it, but learning how to like change your mental state mm-hmm. and handle pressure. And like, like you said, like I've been winning for a few years, but am I going to choose to change things? Cause I want to be even better. Or am I going to be stuck where I am and stay there? And then someone else might pass me. And like the whole games that play into being a recurring champion is all a lot of mental game. Yeah. And we talked about a lot of that and I was like, fuck this guy gets it. You know, he dealt with champs before he understands the mental side of it. And we wasn't even talking about coaching. We're talking about, the changes you made with Derek, mm-hmm. how much his mindset had changed and how much you'd helped him physically and mentally. And I was like, fuck, like, I don't really feel like I need the big change, but like, if I can get better at stuff I'm passionate about, mm-hmm. then that's even better. And that was kind of like a little, a trickle. And that was like weeks after me and Ian fully decided that someone else was going to coach me that I just met him. And I was like, fuck, like, that's a good coincidence, you yeah. know? And then Pittsburgh came around and same thing. We hung out in Pittsburgh a little bit. Second time we ever really ever met and talked. And it was the same thing. I got that same vibe. I was like, we just clicked. You know, I was very quiet. He talked a lot. I would like throw in like a question and he would like go off on it. And it was telling me stuff that I was like leaning in, like super interested to hear about. And I was like, yeah. I want more of this. You know, I feel like this could excel me as a human, as a bodybuilder, competitor, everything. So it just like kind of trickled from there, I guess. And I was like, fuck, I feel like this could be the guy that takes me to the next level. <laughs> and as much as I like didn't want to work with someone just because they were famous or they had popularity behind them, I I truly felt like it was more than that. Like I talked to him a few times and I have a pretty good gut instinct and I was like, okay, I know this guy, this guy's not just up for a show. He's a real deal yeah. behind the scenes. So I ran with it. 
Yeah, I think that's actually been one of the, the most interesting things that like when people have asked, people always kind of will come through me and be like, what, what's the secret? Like, what have you heard about Hani's coaching? Like, what does he feed him? What does he give him? Like, if people will be asking me questions, I'm like, no, don't worry. But I think the most surprising thing that I've seen is um, it was really cool to watch peak week leading into the Olympia, which I know we'll kind of go back and forth a little bit. But the mindset thing was such a big deal. And it was so interesting to watch how you approached each athlete differently throughout the week. So Hadi would come in for a workout. Derek would come in for a workout. You would come in for a workout. And you would even pivot for each person because you had an idea of in the moment, this is what each person needs, like the energy level they need or the quiet level they need to. And that was like one of the most interesting things to see is it had to be tailored for each yeah. because of how important them just mm-hmm. the mindset was during that time period. Um, so the official start date roughly was like, what, 14, 15 weeks out? Think that that's what yeah the there, main there was question. a little there was a little bit of a gray area right in that very beginning because yeah. i think that it was still the work i mean the workouts were something that it was a question mark because he's uh, so used to training his uh, you know i want to train my ass off till i tear something method <laughs> it's worked yeah it's worked <laughs> really well till now yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and i and for me it was like you know biomechanics and this yeah. and that and did you I say just, you you started out with some fst7 workouts that was kind of like one of the ways that was one of the ish. first conversations that we had was just going over just the basics of, yeah. of of when the prep because when we started talking it was originally like you said about mindset and just giving some information and then when chris came to me and said hey look i'd really like to work with you but I don't think you realize it's not just that I really kind of want to work with you at that level. Mm. And it was when I said, what that level, what do you mean by that level? And he goes, everything like the whole prep. And that's when I was kind of taken back and I said, well, let me get back to you. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You skipped the part there, but the first time we spoke and I was telling you that what really clicked with me was like the mental side that I saw that he understood. I was like, I was, we were like, maybe you could help me mentally with coaching and stuff like this. And he's like, Oh, I'll be like, you know, help you with your mindset. He didn't understand that I was kind of meaning when I asked him to coach me, like, coach me, coach me. <laughs> and then everything? he's like, what? How Are you, you serious? Everything. <laughs> well, because there was a little bit of talk about possibly just getting some stuff where if you want to come and maybe do a couple workouts or if you want to do this, yeah. because it's a lot of pressure. So I didn't think I was going to be there. I mean, there was talk about Patrick and some other people that you have obviously connections with because he was, um, it's, I think he's uh, still, what's his, uh, Ian's coach, right? I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. So there was, there was talks about other coaches possibly. Mm -hmm. And so I just said, Hey, I would love to be a part of that. If you want you know, to try to pick my brain for anything, I'm here, no problem. And then when it came to the point of us talking about the specifics and then it was like, no, 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 I want everything. And I'm like, Whoa, I guess this is how a girl feels when you ask him to, you know, <laughs> this is a ring. <laughs> There's some commitment here. I'm like, Oh, this is a commitment. <laughs> then I'm, then all of a sudden the trainer, Mm-hmm. started working like the wheel started turning and I go, okay, what is this going to mean with hottie? What's this going to mean for, for Derek? Yeah. How am I going to have to worry about making sure that I'm going to be taking care of everybody? 100%. How am I going to deal with the logistics? How am I going to do this? So for, I don't know, it was about a week, right? It was about a week. I kind of just said, Hey, let me kind of get back to you and let me think about this because it was something that I just kind of tried to pump the brakes on for, for a while, just so I can really, yeah make sure I take everybody in consideration. It's not going to take away from anybody else I'm going to work with. Because again, I do get a lot of requests and many people don't understand that they go, Oh, well he didn't ask Connie. It's not that they didn't ask me. It's that I don't really make myself very available because the fact of the matter is my formula can't be replicated at a high level. The amount of time and effort. And I think now that you've been through a prep with me, do you, do you agree? Yeah. I mean, at least, I mean, definitely the prep. Yeah. But the peak week, 
I don't think you could have handled one more person in that for sure. Yeah. I think the, been... the fact that you had three was <laughs> kind of pretty thin. Yeah. yeah. Connie <laughs> and I passed each other in the elevator at like 5 a.m. on one of the mornings. Oh, it was on uh, my way to go see Yeah, him. it was on his way to go and see and you were just like, I mean, all he just goes is, hey, he, team he, no sleep. <laughs> I just started dying laughing. I was like, man. He's, he's getting in the elevator because yeah. I think you were doing cardio, right? Yeah, so I'm like. I had just, I stayed up to wait for you to wake up. Yep. So I'm going in the elevator and he's getting ready to do cardio. <laughs> or did you get done with cardio or going? <laughs> you were going to cardio. I don't even remember because I know we had to be up. Yeah. Yeah, it was like. 4.50 in the morning and he was in there and he says good morning and I said good, good night <laughs> <laughs> you know like yeah. it was just because uh, we were passing each other in the elevator I was going on your way to your room and he just looks at his watch and he's like yeah I go team no sleep yep. I'll see you later <laughs> and I was on my way to your room well, I think with all of that, because you guys did start, you know, again, like a, with 14, 15 weeks or in that yeah. rough, you know, you kind of there again, you said like a little bit of a gray area. I actually just kind of thought of this and I don't know how much you want to kind of dive into this. Was there any plan B? Because you're getting close to the show. What was kind of the thought process there? What if it, that didn't end up working out or something like, did you kind of know where you were going to go next? I mean, me and Ian at the end of the day said yeah. like, no matter what happens, like yeah. I'll still help you. Got whatever okay. you need, I got you. Like okay. if whatever falls through, like I'm still here no yeah. matter what. Yeah. So I knew that like absolute worst case that was there. Yeah. He also said Patrick would help him. Yeah. So he's like, if we're like, if nothing else goes down, then him and Patrick would handle as much as he could. He would help me. And then if he got to the point where he had to focus on himself more, Patrick would kind of lean in. Yeah. And that was always kind of like, okay. he just let me know, like you do whatever you need to do. But like, just in case, like don't stress, you have nothing like, cause this, We'll still got your back here. And I was like, okay. So I knew I had kind of had that, but it was still, yeah, it was kind of, we were pretty last minute. I was the one, honestly, who was like, I couldn't make a decision. Mm-hmm. And like you said, like I've had one coach my whole life mm-hmm. and I'm pretty tight with people that I bring into my life and you are too. And you know that now yes. with me too. Yes. And I'm like, it was a tough decision for me because this is a very thing, you know, you're bringing someone deep into your life. You know, this is a lot. This is the biggest part of my life. And it was only ever Ian before that. And it was always family. And that was it. You know, I got like Matt and Calvin and then family. Well, they are family now. Yeah. But like, that's our family. And that's all we have at the Olympia. And then this would bring someone new into it. So I was like, fuck, like it's a big decision. So I waited till like 16 weeks out to even make the decision. <laughs> and I was like, I, and then Courtney, it was honestly Courtney. She's on my ass. She's like, you know, you need like a coach. You need a plan right now. You're literally just working out and eating as much as you can. Like you need, you need more of a plan than now. I was like, fuck, I know, I know, I know, I know. So finally I was like, fuck it. All right. I'll call him. And he's like, what? That's when he's like, you want me to coach you? What do you mean? And I was like, oh shit. (laughs) Total left field. So uh, with that out of left field, were there any sticking points this prep? Um, You know, I think just because I want to add to that. The other thing that you haven't mentioned is that I think the other thing is when we were starting to to talk and it might've been a month into it. I said, why didn't you hit me up earlier? This and that. Hmm. And you know, one of the reasons and I don't even know if you even said it, but I kind of figured it out. It was a couple of weeks into kind of like we were getting in down, going down that road. He's like, by the way, it was actually when I was over there. He goes, by the way, I'm going to ask Courtney to marry me. Ah. And I, that was the other thing. Cause I think, you know, he had to get that going as well. Yeah. And that was right before the prep kind of started. That was kind of within the very beginning. Yeah. Yeah. In the beginning of the prep type of situation right around that time. So he had that looming over his head and I'm sure he was super nervous. You know, it was only his third uh, wedding. No, I'm sorry. My third wedding. Yeah. I don't remember these. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's just literally like he was so like, oh my God, I'm doing this. This is a big deal. You know, obviously it's his first time and I, um, and I'm laughing and I'm just like thinking to myself, fuck, that's a lot of shit to unpack because you're getting ready for the Olympia prep. You're working with a new coach. 
you're trying to get engaged. He was getting the whole thing situated. I mean, there's a lot of yeah. different things in there. And can't have a dull moment, you know? Never. Gotta spice it up. <laughs> yeah. But it's like, he goes from like, okay, everything's super chill to like level 1000. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's just you. But it's all the same, you know? All of those things worked out. It did. It did. So, yeah. It did. Right, yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> Plan well executed. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Absolutely. Exactly. And, and so going back to your question, yeah. sorry. Sticking points. Were there any? I think people would like to be, you know. I think in the very beginning, it wasn't a sticking point, but it was just point of reference was understanding each other. And I don't think Chris understood so much of my system had to do with just making sure that we try to work out the, the gym situation. Cause he's been, again, I'm not trying to reinvent the wheel. All I want to do is go in there and tweak things. So is there things that we can possibly do? Is there exercises? Is there, is there fundamental biomechanics that might change a little bit? Maybe we can turn around and maybe take away a couple of those top sets because he does have a history of, of tearing a couple different body parts and now, you know, you've strained your legs and whatnot. And that was the other thing. I think you had just strained your leg the last workout you did with Ian. Oh yeah. I think that was, no, that was in the middle of prep. No, you announced the video. No, that was in the middle of prep when I hurt my quad. Yeah. It was right in the very, very beginning. Yeah. But I, we were already working together. I think at that point. Yeah. But it was just very e- into it. Just yeah. really the very, yeah. very beginnings. But that being said, I'm just always saying, okay, is he going to be open to trying some new things? And again, he's had a lot of success, so I don't want to reinvent the wheel, but I think that was one of the things that I really wanted to do is just make sure that he was going to be open about trying things. But I think the minute we started going to the gym and he knew that I wasn't trying to change any of his, you know, fundamentals, I wasn't trying to hang him upside down to train or do anything crazy like that, except when we're doing vertical leg press. Oh yeah. That was brutal too. <laughs> but when in, in general, it was things that I felt, felt he felt comfortable with, but it was just those little minute changes that I think added up. And we were able to get better quad sweep. We were able to go into a lot of those types of things where I felt like some of those changes made some big differences on stage. I felt like he had that fuller, more voluminous look that I always like to have my athletes Mm -hmm. be more three-dimensional. And I felt like a lot of that while being able to still make weight, while still being able to get that conditioning that we need and create that balance of size separation and fullness. And I think that was something that I really wanted to do. But in the beginning, I was really worried about that. I was worried about like making sure that we can do this. Because even early on in the conversations, I go, no, I think I got my training. You remember saying that? Yeah. <laughs> I think I know how to work out. <laughs> I've been doing it my whole life. Yeah. I've won three mm-hmm. times. And I was like, yeah, but can we just, you know, look at that? But he was open to it after. Yeah. I think it was just. Yeah, but no, it, I came into it very open for change. And my mindset was like straight up. And I told you like, yes, I've won. But like, I have to be better to keep winning. Like, I can't just keep doing the same thing. And I knew that. So I was like fucking. You know, tear me apart. And he did. <laughs> <laughs> did you expect me to be as critical as I am or no? I think I did. You did? I kind of did, yeah. Okay. I mean, I can I can take criticism. I mean, you know, I can throw it back at the joke too and hear it and just like be fine with it. So I, it really wasn't that bad. It was comical. It was funny to be able to go and be like, yo, he's literally like, he's nuts. Tear everything <laughs> apart. He, that's, he will. That's, that's what I've told people before. They're like, oh, what's it like working around honey? I'm like, you, you, can, you can do something 99.9% and he'll go. 0.1%. Yeah. Let's fix that. Let's work on that. Yeah. Or something. And you have to be able to be like, all right, well, we're going for perfection. So we're just going to try to fix that one thing. And I think we even talked about it at the gym one time. There's just that honey nod, just the head nod of like, it's not like, oh, this looks really good or good job. I won't say that, but he'll go. 
You're like, okay, we're on track. <laughs> right, we're moving the right direction. Bad, yeah. <laughs> it's just exactly. It's not bad. Yeah. That's the look uh-huh. I give. It's not bad. That that sentence right there. It's not bad. Yep. Yeah. And we're, Send them a check-in. It's not bad. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Great. So we're, and, good. and the other thing is that we're going in the right direction. Yeah. I yeah. think that's the other one. That's, yeah. that's a good line. Yeah. yeah. We're going in the right direction. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Very political. Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, it's just never happy. Yeah. No. And I was, I was used to that too. Cause Ian was the same. Okay. I'd like, I'd have like the best check in my life. And he'd be like, yep. All right. Cut carbs. And then that was it. I was like, all right, cool. You know, it was always like, oh yeah, more cardio. And I'm like, oh damn. All right. I thought I'd get a refeed or something, but no, I guess not. <laughs> but it was, it was very similar. It was similar ish. I rarely got compliments from him. So I was used to it. So is there, would, would there be any key things that you could pinpoint that would be big differences? For you, just as an experience, doesn't necessarily mean better, worse, or anything in between, but just big differences that you noticed in this prep, working with Hani. Mm, I mean, a lot of it was, I guess, just attention to detail. Mm. And I mean, it's, it's totally different, me and Ian being brothers and working together so yeah. long. It's like, we got to a point where it was a little bit more lax. He knew, he'd tell me what's up, what to do, and I would just do it. And then, whereas Hani doesn't know me, so he's like on everything, every little detail, yeah. every little tiny thing. And learning me and learning what changes and just kind of adjusting things a little bit more. So just more intense attention to detail, I mm-hmm. guess, at a certain point. But, you know, different styles, different people, different communication styles, a lot of different things. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I also think that the biggest factor that I was really questioning out of the whole thing was your autoimmune, which I told you, I don't know anything about your autoimmune condition. Yeah. I've never had an athlete that have has an autoimmune condition. I've never had an athlete that was going to have to be uh, really just, I guess for lack of a better term, I go, okay, what does your doctor say? What's going on? You have to give me a lot of that prior information of what you've learned from your body and what you can or can't do, whether it's rest, whether it's uh, training related and just making sure that he doesn't overtrain, making sure that he gets enough sleep, making sure that his body can't take in um, just even regular supplements, we got to be careful just not to go crazy, like on creatine and, and just, just anything can affect him if his balance is off. Uh, did you think about that at all? I mean, with saying, Hey, look, I'm bringing somebody in and that probably doesn't know <laughs> my condition. I mean, and that, that was why at the beginning too, I was, and you, you asked me and I said that yes. And we were, you that speaking with Ian would be a good idea. Yeah. So, and you spoke to him a few times yeah. to kind of get the layout. Yeah. And I know like, I'm not afraid to speak up and I know what I need for my body. And mm-hmm. I know my body very well over the past few years, yep. especially in my huge focus on health. I know when I'm starting to go in a direction I don't want to be, I know when I'm feeling good or not. And I know and I'll speak up and I'll say it, you know, I'm not many words, but I'm like, I can't do this. I will not do that. I won't touch that. And I'm very adamant on that. And mm-hmm. it was, you were just like, okay, yep, whatever it's health wise, we're going to focus on that first and then do what we can under those pair, whatever those guidelines. So, right. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the biggest thing was, and I think I told you this Austin later on that when we sat down and I said, what is the trigger or what should we look for when we're creating these guard these guardrails? And you said, my ankles will swell up and I'll start to, my body will start to basically hold water when my body's autoimmune kicks in. Mm-hmm. And I said, okay, let's try to make sure that doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it happened once, right? No, it didn't. Yeah. So yeah. I'm, I'm pretty, I'm like just as proud of that as, as, as a fact <laughs> sure, that, yeah, no. because that's one of the things where like, Hey, let's make sure we don't yeah. trigger any inflammation. Let's try to make sure that his body stays in check. Okay. These are all the things that you have a list of, Hey, look, I, I stay away from. Okay, great. Let's create everything around it. And let's just make sure that we try to do this in a, the most healthiest way possible. Mm-hmm. So it's not just the end result. 
but how you get there. So I think that was the big thing as well. And again, with the check-in, making sure that I hyper communicate <laughs> and making sure that he gets comfortable with being able to do that. And I think that, you know, the, the garage pictures are great yep. to come in, but then it's also Courtney would send over pictures also with you pumped up and, mm-hmm. you know, after maybe once a week or twice a week, she would send over some pictures on that end. And I think that was a bit different because I wanted to see how you look at fasted. And then I also want to see what you'd look like, how full he got with a pump, even if it was a low carb day. That's why some of the pictures that you've posted in the past, people go, oh man, that must have been a high carb day. <laughs> no, you just got a pump. Yeah. <laughs> but I normally don't post those. Yeah. yeah. So you normally don't post, but because you took the videos mm-hmm. to send to me, then you have them in your phone. Yeah. And then I go, oh, I remember that. <laughs> yeah. And then you post it up on IG. And so what's really, was really cool was that being able to kind of go back and see a little bit of that. But the other thing that I thought that was really, really very different for me is trusting you and I'm in, in two ways. Number one, I got to trust you because you have success. And with Jay was a bit different because he, he was a completely clean slate because he said, look, whatever we got to do, I just lost. I want to look my best. And I think if I do, I could win again, but it wasn't one of those things that it was a, that he won. He just said, look, I just lost. So I'm very open. So with you, you're already winning. So that was a completely different thing where I have to turn around and be able to say, okay, I have to trust him because he's been able to get to where he's at. He's no, he's no slouch. He's already three time Olympia champion. We just got to make those changes. But the biggest thing I had to trust you on too is Calvin. That was very, very out of my comfort zone. The biggest comfort zone difference for me was having him around because I'm not used to it. You're a very private person. I'm a very, very very private person. I don't talk about my systems. I don't talk about this. This guy's posting up exactly what we're eating. I'm like, what are we doing? What's going on? I see his first video and he's got the full workout. And I'm like, that's the real workout. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I left out minor details. I'm like, this is the top set we're doing right now. And then they wouldn't see uh, all the other little bits. Yeah. I think he just left out it. the name. You're like, yeah, <laughs> this is, uh, this is, uh, we're stretching the muscle. <laughs> doing a we're movement not, on a bench like this with dumbbells. You know, I think one of the, we're one, calling it. <laughs> it was like, it was one of the, like the leg ones. I think it was like the, like the, the you're doing the blood starving. Yeah. Set. The blood starving. Sets. Blood yeah, you're like, we're a uh, blood rationing or <laughs> <laughs> blood rationing sets. Uh, Making the legs hungry. Yes, yes, exactly. Not quite starving. Mm-hmm. It's not starving. We're just depriving. But I think that's also why people have so many questions oftentimes when it comes to your stuff is because you are. I've been very, like that. Very, I just, I come from an era that's completely different. And which is wild because of how much content is put out. It's a lot, but there's still a lot. But of there's stuff a lot of specific, yeah. I pick and choose. Yep, yep. I really do. And it's made a very, very big difference on how I look at things mm-hmm. because it's cross-generational now. I've been doing this for so long and I feel like what's, what's really, really different is, is Chris just turned 28, right? Mm-hmm it's a whole different generation versus mm-hmm. when 20 some odd years ago, when I started doing this 20, you know, I coached my first athlete 30 years ago. I started turning people pro 20, uh, 2001 was my first overall USA winner. And it's back then there was no IG. There was no, you know, even, I don't even know if YouTube was around then, but if it was, it was just in its infancy and nobody really focused on it. You didn't have a Calvin in the bushes off to the side. No, everything that's going no, on. With no, all the- <laughs> there's been times in the last 10 or 15 years where, where there's people been around me. They're like, you should do this. Yeah. And I'm like, no, I will not do this. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a distraction. It's going to be this. I don't, I just don't want to do it. And we've had, we've had stuff where people have had people in the background, but not to this degree, yeah. right? Where it was like, 
even getting ready for the show, I would see some of the things that he would post up on YouTube and the full day eating and this and that and all of these things. And again, I think a lot of people fake it. They just go, okay, this is just a random full day of eating. He literally, and that's what I think that what makes you special to your audience is the authenticity. And I think that's one of the reasons why you have now what, didn't you break 15 million? Yeah. Congratulations. Thank you. 15 million on Instagram. And, um, is it quite how many million on, on, uh, YouTube? 2.9. 2.9. Almost at three. Almost. Yeah. And after this week, you'll have three million people. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe the end of the month. <laughs> we get a couple of those Calvin videos of the barbecue that he wants to put up. Well, there, oh, yeah, yeah. You know, the, 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 um, the Fred Flintstone barbecue. Yeah. <laughs> Fast. Well, I remember you mentioning that to me. I remember you saying that like, there was a couple moments you were saying like, I didn't even know that was captured. And then you see it in the video and you're like, I didn't even know that we were rolling at that time. I was just talking to Chris. And then it's Did you the know that, okay, this is one of the videos. The video that Calvin shot of us in the room. The one I asked you about. You the one you asked me about yeah. before you, you which I do appreciate you asking me. It was during the finals. It was right mm-hmm. before the finals. And we were in the room. Did you know he was he had his camera on? No, I didn't. You didn't I had no idea. And he would talk to me after he's like, Yo, I know like no, you guys didn't probably didn't, you didn't see I had my camera out, but like I filmed this and it's really cool. Like I think we got to put this in because this was a really real moment and people are gonna be like, fuck, like this is a shit. Like you need to like share this honest, like real fucking shit what you go through. And I was like, what? Like what? What are you talking about? And he's like, showed it to me. I was like, god damn, I had tears coming up in my eyes when I watched it again. I was like, yeah, I, I thought it was really cool, but I had no idea what was going on. No, no. And afterwards, I saw it too. And then again, my instant thing is just, hey, you know, maybe I don't want to share this because. If you watch it, you know that I don't know the camera's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, again, I didn't think you did, but I go, okay, so I think about it. I go, Kelvin, that motherfucker. <laughs> he fucking put Kelvin, you know, that's you. He's sitting across the room right now. So, <laughs> talking crazy shit about him. so he put record, he puts his camera down and we're in the back green room while Chris is basically before he goes on for the finals and he records it. But he doesn't, we don't know he's being recorded, we're being recorded and he kind of sets the camera up on a um, mantle area, little, little, uh, little shelf and walks away. Cause I told him, turn off the camera. <laughs> Fucker. No, he put the camera down. He's like, oh, I think you said put the camera down. You didn't say turn it off. Yeah, he you know? turned it on and put it down. Yeah, he turned it yeah. on and put it down. And I think that those are the moments that now I appreciate mm-hmm. because we were able to capture it and share it with the world because those are things that no one else would ever see. And I think, again, almost 3 million people on YouTube, 15 million on Instagram, seeing those things and creating that thing. Is that, is that how you've always been? with everything or is that something you also had to get comfortable with because because i still i'm still uncomfortable with it at times and like that's still a battle i have and calvin knows it better than anyone that like it is like it's hard for you it's still hard for me to like manage everything that's going on and then also understand that there's content is a big piece of it and there's a video and you're on camera and like you know that's still it's still stressful at times Mm -hmm. and i'm still getting used to it i think but it's something where like my whole life i like have an inability to be fake like i can't like someone, you ask me to act or something, even purposefully, I, I can't even do it. I'm so like, are you not, are you I, saying you're never going to be an actor? No, I can't. I can't, <laughs> I can't do it. I can't, I can't, I can't like be something I'm not. So like, and I, I, I don't know, it's just, I started to share a little bit more on social media in the past. And that was when I really started to get popular. And I was just like, fuck, like, 
I'm not like so many other bodybuilders and I don't want to be like other bodybuilders. I might as well just show who I am and whatever happens will happen. I'm not going to be some hardcore intense guy who doesn't understand what losing is. Can't even say the word losing because it's taboo. You know, I know I'm going to win. I have full, you know, I don't feel like that all the time. I don't go into Olympia feeling like I'm going to fill heath and crush people's dreams. You know, that's not who I am. Right. But I can still win. I can still win Olympias and I, I, I'm still doing it, you know? So like, why not share the truth behind my mindset and that I'm still getting here and people who aren't like Phil Heath can be like, oh fuck, like I don't have to have that killer mindset and I can still be the best in the world. That's just how my brain operates is the way, you know, everyone's different. So I think just sharing that and people connecting with me and understanding that I'm human and normal is something that has allowed my following to be really strong. Mm-hmm. And it's just something I ran with. Yeah, it's, I don't know. My parents always just raised me to be who I am and I am who I am. It's, it worked so far. So why not? I really, really admire the fact that you lean into it because one of the things that I noticed is that every person, and I've talked about this in some of my seminars I've done in the past, but just little talking points is that everybody has some type of trauma that it, it creates almost like a chip on your shoulder and you can either take that chip stand up on it and elevate yourself or you're going to turn around and carry a very heavy burden uh, with that chip. And one of the things is when it comes to you is your lisp and you can't, I can't even tell that you have a lisp pretty much anymore. I can hear my lisp because I have these headphones on right now. (laughs) Yeah. But I don't even notice. I just go, he's Canadian. <laughs> you know, it's all Canadians have less. <laughs> yes, Canadian. It must be his Canadian accent. Yeah. You know, and I think that the biggest thing is that you've leaned into it, like Savage, right? Mm-hmm. Your pre-workout, and I didn't even like this. Is, I'm going to admit, I didn't even know what that was. I go, what? What is that? Misspelling? It's a misspelling. <laughs> a lot of like, people say that. Like, what a stupid name. Like, what does this even mean? And then I explain it to them, and they're like, Oh fuck! Like, it's yeah. stupid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's in the very beginning. That's exactly what I did. Yeah. It was the same way. I was just like, What is it? And they're like, Oh, it's because he has a lisp. I go, Oh. And I'm like, Okay, now it kind of makes sense. But because of the lisp, and we talked about this a little bit. I think that's also why you've been a little bit more introverted growing up, right? Mm-hmm. Because you didn't like speaking whether it's publicly or in general because you were worried about your lisp yeah i mean and this is me kind of like psychologically analyzing myself but i remember being insecure about it being teased a little bit as a kid and you know at one like you said at some point in our lives something affects us and it just puts like makes us who we are and Mm -hmm. changes who we are over time and like at one point in my life i started to be quiet and talking less and feeling more uncomfortable and like Mm -hmm. hearing myself talking and being like oh like kind of catching myself and like stuttering a word because i'm overthinking how i'm talking and it kind of held me back and being quiet was like something that made me anxious i guess over time and i had to you know, get, get the fuck over that. Cause listening to myself in YouTube videos was like, everyone hates how they sound. Yeah. And I was like, fuck, I have a lisp. Like they sound even more stupid than other, <laughs> than other people. But I mean, it's worked so far. And like you said, like I, I owned it. We put it on t-shirts back in like 2018 or something, put it on pre-workout bottles that he's got a t-shirt on. right Yeah. There. Yeah. Yeah, exactly, he's got, yeah. He's got a t-shirt on it's got, yeah. and it's got the Thavage shirt on. And I think that that's what the lesson is for, if you're listening to this podcast, and you have one of those chips on your shoulder, you need to be able to figure out how you can turn around and use that to elevate, use it to be able to fuel your fire, to be able to do the things that you normally wouldn't do. And I feel that between teaching you discipline, I mean, in bodybuilding, I think that bodybuilding has created a lot of discipline for you. And you've been able to really focus that energy 
and leaning into the whole Favage, Lisp, all of these things, creating that as part of your brand, being more authentic. But what do you, besides the things I mentioned, what do you think makes you different? Why do you think that so many people are attracted to you? No idea. People ask me that all the time. My only answer is that I don't bullshit and I am who I am, you know? And like, I think it's just different who I am. As most champions you see are, like I said, like the dream crushers, like kill everybody, you know, beat everyone's fucking nothing. I'm better than everyone. I'm going to win. Like that's just that mindset. And 99% of the population cannot relate to that. Mm -hmm. Cause I don't even know if those guys believe that themselves. I think a lot of people have like a big ego and they they need to present like this, like huge, bigger than life persona to be a champion. And they think that's what it means and all this shit. And no one can relate to that. Whereas I'm like, well, you know what? I can be a champion. I can be someone who no one can beat, but I can also be fearful and scared at times and anxious and like, honest because i am scared sometimes i am anxious i don't know if i can do it all the time i'm i'm afraid a lot you know and right. if i just share that people are like well fuck like you know i i you know whether you're going to work and you're anxious about giving a presentation or whatever it is you know like everyone feels that but if they were to see someone like me do what i'm doing going through that they're maybe inspired or you know they just relate to me and they understand that they can apply that to their own life in any other way and then it's built into what it is now, I guess. Because I think that like adding on to that just from the outside is I've gotten questions from people that aren't into bodybuilding and don't know a lot about it. I've kind of asked like, why are you big? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. what is the, and I think that there was a big void of that. And it was kind of like almost a perfect storm where it combined with social media at the same time, kind of the rising of all of that. But then also that void of, was missing of somebody who was just truly authentic because a lot of the bodybuilders as social media was created even seven, eight, nine years ago when I kind of started getting into it and working on that and kind of making that what I wanted to do, we're still bringing in that old school kind of like magazine cover mentality or DVD mentality of when a video kicks off, like what's up guys, this is so-and-so. And it's like, there's a whole intro with it. There's a whole like kind of putting on a facade and then the camera shuts off and then they're like, okay, back to my normal self. And it's like, but you can tell when that's turned on. Mm-hmm. in videos and there still are a lot of people who are doing that but then all of a sudden there was kind of a wave of like people starting to really really appreciate just authenticity mm-hmm. of like somebody like you said who's just not going to put on any face it's going to be the exact same way off camera as they are on camera and like that was definitely i would say kind of fed into you in a way but also like with the whole thing you're talking about with like the lisp anybody who is able to lean into a potential insecurity or lean not only is good for yourself yeah. but it just gives it gives permission to so many other people to be like, well, I can lean into this now, my insecurity, whatever the heck it is. And that like gives people so, that's a lot for a lot of people, even though, you know, it's everybody's is a little bit different. But like when they see one person who's at the top of the top, who's able to kind of like, look, I'm not going to take this too seriously. And I'm even going to pop it on the front of a, a product and t-shirts and everything. Then everybody's like, whatever their insecurity is, whether it's some sort of defect or speaking or anything like that, that's kind of like, well, now I can do that too. And so I think it was kind of like obviously the perfect storm of a ton of things, but it's cool to see that you've used it for good mm-hmm. in that way, because there's a lot of people who obviously can go different routes with a large audience. And so to be able to kind of spread good, positive messages, mm-hmm. I know that you're, you know, kind of this is bouncing back a little bit, but your, your speech after this last win definitely hit hard. Like that was a really, really awesome. You're like known for that now. 
That was good. They're like, what's the speech going to be? What's it gonna There's be? odds in Vegas. Yeah. Is the speech going to be this? Is it going to be that? <laughs> but, now there's too much pressure. Next year, I'm just going to be like, thanks. See you later. <laughs> <laughs> this is great. I'll see yeah. you guys later. Yeah. It. Now it's just pressure about how many fingers you're going to put up and get it right. I know. I fucked it up. This I know. Yeah. Wait, did you do mess it up this time? Yeah, yeah. There was there was a time. I did three. I held oh, three. Oh, man. It just felt so good to do this. It's so natural. But I got to yeah. put that other finger yeah. in. Yeah. Well, don't well, sell yourself short. Well, now if you do this, then you can do this. It's the fist. The fist? Five. <laughs> it goes like well, this. Yeah, yeah. You turn around and you go, you can't yes. talk about that till it's done, though. No. No, that's what Yeah, I was going to say, I'm surprised you say that because you do not say that. No, like I'm you. saying if you, do, if you do it, I'm not telling you that it already is happening. I'm just saying. Because I've noticed the one thing that Hani hates is if somebody makes a comment of like, oh, you looking forward to number five or whatever. He's like, don't say that. Do not say that. Well, I'm the exact same way. Yeah. Like, don't talk to me about mm-hmm. it. People... Kids always come up to me and they want to take a picture and they're like, hold up four. I'm like, wait, wait, no, hold up five because you're going to win next year. I'm like, nope, don't do it. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> right. Don't do it. That's right. Yeah. Well, I come from an era that Kai Greens had signed Mr. Olympia before. I remember somebody. Really? Yeah, yeah, we were in an event and I saw, wait a minute, because so, I had to sign the same poster mm-hmm. and it said Kai Green, Mr. Olympia. Yeah. And I was like, or Mr. O or something. And I was just like, ooh. And they're fighting words. Yep. Jeez. Yep. I get the whole manifesting thing that's like popping off <laughs> right got, now, but like, yeah, I'm too superstitious for that. Yeah. Yeah. It was one of those things I was just like, ooh, that's, I, I don't really believe in that. I don't even like to talk about, mm-hmm. talk about yeah. the fifth one, but I'm saying that when you come into a prep, my question is, do you feel different every single prep or do you feel like you go into the same time, kind of like that time and mind zone? when you get ready because I know every athlete that I've worked with is slightly different, but how do you look at that? When you were, we, we built the ecosystem for that week around the peak week was to try to keep it super simple. We kept everybody within 30 yards, 40 yards of one another. So I could just go back and forth to minimize. You guys had only one uh, floor. Yeah. Among, uh, oh, I guess it had to, Derek and Hottie were on my on mm-hmm. my floor. You were like, I think, one of either above me or right below me on the, um, in the, the hotel we stayed. Up, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And so we kept that all there. But in the overall prep and everything else, do you, I guess my whole thing is you seemed more relaxed than from what I've heard. Because everyone had come up to me before, whether it was Courtney or Kelvin or whatever, they're like, "Oh, he's definitely not freaking out like he normally does, or or he's just or less stressed." You, you when you said you said that at some point in this prep too, and I'm like, I don't think I'm really ever that stressed. I've never ex- like exuded stress throughout a prep. I've always been pretty chill, but no, my mindset has definitely shifted over the years. Because mm-hmm. ever since, I mean, when I was a baby, I was just a baby, and I was running into it, not even thinking. And ever since the year I got sick. That was like, hey, fuck, everything just changed. That's and that was like, in 18? 2018, yeah. That was in the next year. I went into it and I was just afraid. I was like, I'm going to get sick again. Like, I don't want to. I was living in, in a fear and lack and being like, I don't want to get sick rather than like, I am healthy and I want to do this. I was like, just fearful. And I don't, and I don't like living in the op- thing of like not wanting something. I just want to live in abundance, like what I want, not avoidance. So 2019 was pretty much all of that. That was a stressful prep for sure. And I was looking like shit until a week out, literally somehow won that show. I don't even know how, but I just kind of kept pushing through, but I wasn't present and I didn't really enjoy it. And then 2020 was COVID. And then I was just like, that was a clean prep. You know, I was mm-hmm. didn't travel all year cause I couldn't, I was 
had a new training partner. I was at home, just super locked in and it felt really good. And I was able to really focus on my mindset that year because in 2019, I didn't enjoy it. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to win this year. I want to do this and I need to enjoy it more and be more present because last year I just feel like I lost out on an amazing opportunity of like an experience that I barely remember. So I really focused on that that year. 2021 was kind of the same. And in 2022, there was all the stuff going on with the coach and all the stuff. I was like, business started to become a huge part of my life. I started to be a lot more busy. I was like, I'm kind of getting older. I've done this a few times. Do I still want this? Do I still have the drive in me? Like, do I still love this? Like, it was kind of all over the place. And there was a little bit more fear and doubt at the beginning of that prep of like, if I was willing to do it. And I mean, I've always had difficult things to overcome every prep. And every year I'm like, fuck, like, I always say this. I'm like, I don't know if I can do that again, <laughs> you know, when I finish and then I get to do, I'm like, fuck, I got to do that again. Like I got to be better than that. Cause I can't just be the same. Right. I got to be better. Like I, that's who, I want to improve every year. I don't just want to keep winning, looking the same. And then, so 2022 last year, I was thinking that I was kind of like worried about it. And then when you kind of came in and you started pushing me and it was new things and my body started to respond really well. And I was just like, you know what? I'm just going to give it to honey. I'm going to give it to the universe. I'm going to give everything I have right now. And whatever happens is going to happen. And I started to slowly enjoy it, bodybuilding more. And I told you this, I like fell back in love with bodybuilding last year, a little bit more than I had in the past. And it was just a little bit lighter, less stress. Like you said, and I was just like, each day was just like a present day. Like, you know, I get to go in the gym today and train my ass off. I feel good. I'm healthy right now. Let's have a great day. And I just kept doing that, you know, and I felt tired and shitty in the end, but I'm like, you know what, whatever, I'm just going to lie on my couch today and have a nap all day. <laughs> I was just like taking it as it was. And I mean, as life should be, but like, I mean, we get in our heads, we overthink, we stress yeah. about things, we create issues, all these things. And this year I just kind of was like, fuck it, I'm just going to enjoy this. And yeah, I guess this year was a little bit less stress-free and kind of trying to relieve a little bit pressure off me and being like, I have to win the Olympia. And this is another thing I always say, like I used to feel like I have to win, I have to be, I have to do this rather than. I get to, you know, I have the opportunity mm. to do something I love. This is the privilege, not something I have to do. And just that simple mind shift, mindset shift changes your whole body language, your body chemistry, your stress, everything in your body, like completely. And I was able to enjoy it a lot more and be a lot more present this year until the bicep tear. And then I got back in my head. I'm like, fuck, Ooh. I look like shit. Everyone's looking at my arm. My arm well, that's going. because of Calvin. That's Calvin's. <laughs> that was Calvin's fault. Yeah, yeah, his fault. He literally said to me and Courtney, I can't believe that nothing happened during this prep. Isn't that what you said, Calvin? He's like, I can't believe nothing happened. Everything's been perfect. Everything's been perfect. I can't believe it. And I said, you just fucking jinxed it. So can we dive into that a little bit? Sure. That was sure. Tuesday that was said too. Yeah. That he was said Tuesday? That, that he Tuesday, said that yeah. Tuesday. And then I woke up Wednesday and I'm like, my bicep kind of hurts. Then Thursday, I'm like, my bicep really hurts. You did Friday, the brushing I'm your like, teeth, right? I think so. Yeah. Got it. Okay. Yeah. No, but I know that there's a lot of Rolling over in there. bed. Yeah. Yeah. Picking my pillow off yeah. the <laughs> <laughs> That's what he did. Yeah. He did a front double bicep and that's it. Um, yeah. I think that the biggest thing is that to this day, you still don't remember doing it. No, I, I literally woke up Wednesday. My arm hurt a little bit. Thursday, my arm hurt a little bit more. Friday, I'm like, oh, it really hurts to pose right now. Like, mm -hmm. I didn't even want to pose. I was like, yeah. I feel like I'm going to hurt my arm if I'm trying to pose right now. Yeah, you, you told me that's yeah. when you started to, talk, to verbalize it was Friday, actually. Yeah, and then Thursday, I'm like, there's a little, or Friday night, I'm like, there's a little bit of, like, swelling in here. And we're just like, well, like, can't do anything at yeah. that point, you know? You're going to be on stage in 12 hours. And then Saturday morning, we get that 5 a.m. when you were there. I was like, my arm's swollen right now. Like, it's fucked up. And you could see like a noticeable redness too, and it really hurt to flex it. And I was just like, "Fuck, I'm I fucked." No, so and I like lost, my, I like lost my then? mindset. I mean, it's was something I shared too, and this was Honey yeah. coming in. And when I first went on stage, I was just like, 
like everything I talked about learning of my mindset and being yep. present and stuff, I was like, I'm a huge, like, I was a big introvert. I was super anxious. Yeah. I had stage fright my whole life and I was able to get better than that and like almost enjoy the stage fright. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, this is, this is great. You get to feel this because it's something that you care about a lot. Yeah. Go out there and enjoy it. And I would do that. And then this year I was just like on stage, like people are looking at my arm, my arms torn. Like, am I going to lose it? It's going to fuck me up. I'm just like on stage, like, you know, the stone face, no smile. just like, you know, kind of in my head. And then prejudging, I get off stage, Honey comes up to me and I'm like, I'm always like waiting for people to like, okay, you look good. You're on point. Like, don't worry. Cause you always look different on stage. Yeah. And Honey's like, what the fuck are you doing? What? I'm like, what? He's like, what the fuck are you doing? It was, like, so prejudging wasn't over yet. He had just gone out. I'd gone out once. Yeah. Once. So it was just it. the initial. It was just the way everybody running through. The com yep. comparisons hadn't happened yet. Yeah. He had just come in. It was um, call outs or what, what do they call that when they call you by number? Numerical. It, it was numerical call outs. And when you do, I believe you just done your 62nd. You were last, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I did my, no, I hadn't done that yet. Okay, so you just did call numerical callouts. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so it was the numerical callouts were done, so everybody's in line, and then they just do their quarter turns, and they'll just do some some poses. Mm -hmm. And then he had come back, and then I'll let you tell the story. Yeah, he looks at me, and I'm waiting to hopefully hear, so you look good or something, you know, it's just like, what the fuck are you doing? I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah, you never hope for that. What did I do wrong? Yeah. He's, and then he, then he's he, like anger, and it's just soft. He's like, smile out there man like enjoy it like you've done the work you're the champ like you put in the work you're here now it's all the work's done this is the part to enjoy go out there and smile and be present and like yeah like exude that confidence that you know you have and i was like fuck like you're so right like i can't like what can i do about my arm right now am i gonna go fucking drain it yeah, or it, fucking yeah. get it didn't, bicep it didn't, surgery like, it didn't look that bad number one yeah it was number more two, in my head than anything he looked he's leaving out a very important part i told him now you look amazing you look ridiculous. You need to be able to really portray the energy that you put into your physique mm -hmm. on that stage for this millions and millions of people, millions and millions of people to watch through the internet, social media, whatever. And I felt like he was just really downplaying what he had. Mm. And that's when I said to him, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> like pretend like you've been here before yeah. come on damn it i mean what people don't understand and like what i got really good at which is why i was even more mad at myself this year is 2020 that year where i cut out of my head and i enjoyed it people are like his confidence up there like you just your eyes are on stage and you just look at chris because his my his face just looks yeah, like he's yeah. already won you know he believes like that confidence but that's whereas that's i like the, you could see my the doubt in me this year yeah that's what I was because that's part of having a trauma or an insecurity or something like that is though you can work on it and work on it over the course of years if it's something that's developed kind of deep down one little thing yeah it snap you back to it's being right a there. kid again <laughs> yeah. and all of a sudden you're back there thinking like oh i'm not i don't look good or yeah things like exactly. that or whatever and like what you said like hey, there was a bunch because of you going last as i was sitting there there were people crossing the stage like oh that guy looks good that guy looks good. I'm like, all right, wait. And they're like, oh, that guy looks really good too. And then as soon as you walked out last, it's like game over, done. Even with, you know, the thing, you know, because, but of course you knowing that's there. That's all I was thinking. You're about, only yeah. going to think about that. Like everybody's mm -hmm. looking. Nobody. Yeah. Nobody. Even which is crazy it. that that is the coincidental that that leading in through uh, prep, people were speculating. Yeah. That there was something. The picture I posted here in Absolute Recon. Yeah. People yeah. were speculating about yeah. the, the bicep and it just. But it was the other arm. Yeah. It and was. so it's crazy. It's that crazy. That they try happening. to will it. 
They try yeah. to literally they manifested it. They manifested <laughs> it. That's why. That's why my wife has those evil eyes everywhere to try to like block out the yeah. energy. I was drinking out of the mug the whole prep. I know. Which we need work. to get. We need to get you one to take home. <laughs> I guess so. Yeah. Yes, we're gonna get you one to take home the minute you left. <laughs> so that had to have been pretty uncomfortable up there. I'm sure. I mean, that's. But it had to be pretty painful while you're, you know, yeah. hitting poses and flexing. They posed you guys pretty hard. It, it, it hurt. I mean, you know, when you're up there, you have so much adrenaline. It's like, yeah. Whatever, you know, it's a little bit of pain, but it was more so just like the mental, like yeah. pulling me over there that it was doing. So it was, I don't know, a battle, I guess. And then after prejudging, going back and laying down, I like had a headache. I felt like shit. I was like stressed. I was just like, didn't feel relaxed. I tried to lie down. I was sitting up. I was going on my phone. I was just like, I couldn't even lie down. And my arm was just like, like getting bigger. I'm like, and it, I w wasn't. Usually like, that's a good thing, but not in this no, case. No. It wasn't actually that dramatic. It got yeah. a little bit more swollen, but in yeah. my head, I'm like, hey, now it's really fucked. So I got back in my head again. And then I guess that night show and that video that Kelvin had that mm -hmm. we were speaking about mm -hmm. earlier is the next time where I was back in my head later at night and I had this headache that wouldn't go away. And I just like didn't feel like in it, you know? And he came back in and gave me another one of those honey speeches and kind of slapped me in the face. I'm like, yo, get your fucking shit together. Go there, own this shit, and enjoy it. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, 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 I got it. <laughs> yeah, he did. And then when he got up on stage, even after prejudging or during prejudging, when he we had the conversation, you saw him get back out on that stage and he was just ready for battle. Mm -hmm. It was awesome because you could see it in his eyes that he just gives you that little smirk. I'm sure we'll, we'll get Tim or someone to post up the picture. There's, he's got this little smirk. You know yeah. what I'm talking about? And you're like doing that side chest. And it just, everything was on point. Fullness, conditioning, the dryness, the separation, everything. I was really proud I of that. I feel like moment. that was the shot for this for this show that I was kind of like, for, I feel Side like check. last show it was back for the previous year's back, mm -hmm. like the back double from the back double. But looking at the side chest transformation to the, like was yeah. gnarly. Yeah, that, that was wild. a very big difference, yeah. especially through the detail of the, the quad sweep to the the glutes that were rolling up a little bit farther up yeah really good consistent thinness of the skin through the entire physique again i sit down and i break down everything 10 million times over with a microscope and i felt that between that and i felt that that roundness the, the muscle hydration keeping that muscle really really full and being able to really hit that front lat spread uh it was that shoulder to waist ratio and then the the, the sweep on the quads mm -hmm. i felt was really really uh, i was really happy with um and then when you hit your back double bicep glute hamstring fullness from the quads from the back from the back poses create more of that x frame which i really liked so again me going through and breaking everything down your arms have never been your strong point but i didn't feel like even with the with the bicep tear it it wasn't that dramatic i mm -hmm. mean you know obviously if it was like more dorian style where it was torn off the yeah, yeah off, off the, the bone origin, yeah. yeah and then it would have been a bit different but um speaking of the arm how's it feeling that's good it's ready to rock right now i've been blasting it full of peptides and stem cells and you know gave it i took eight weeks off the gym so 
Don't laugh at me when I'm weak at the gym. Today, <laughs> I saw the last video. Yeah. Calvin already forwarded that to me. Yeah, Calvin literally is like, I sent the video to, Cal- to Hani saying, you can only bench 225 for 10. He laughed at you. I'm like, great. And yeah. so Snowboarding begins, helps with it though. Snowboarding helps. Yeah. You know, gets yeah. things very Oh, good. that's another thing. Uh, that's how, <laughs> I know. I heard about it. That's why I want to throw it in yeah, there. <laughs> yeah. Snowboarding. I'm like, okay. I live my life, you know? I hear you. He's just over here shaking his head. That's why, yeah, that's why like, a lot of professional athletes are not allowed to do with all of those things they can't go around on a motorcycle you can't be able to go out and do snowboarding they don't want you yeah to i sold hurt. my motorcycle at least i didn't even know you had one L- not when we were the year before oh you did together yeah i sold it and then no one what kind of bike was for, it uh by uh triumph bobber Old so bobber. is that is that more of a like a cruiser bike or it's it? more of a cruiser yeah yeah not a crotch yeah. rocket no i'm not okay. a crotch rocket guy okay Courtney <laughs> won't let me get another one though i really want one in florida but she will or uh, she won't she won't okay no. Well, after you retire, you could do what you want. Just be careful. When I'm retired, I'll probably be building a family and then I'll be even more scared. To do yeah. That. Okay. Yeah. Just do it on my time. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> Make me stress Less out about it. <laughs> like, so, like, can you have a escort around you <laughs> just in case so nobody can be able to like, run into you on accident? Um, so now we're doing a full off season together. Mm-hmm. So we're fast forwarding now. We are mm-hmm. now just uh, a week away from the Arnold which we are both going to be at. Um, you're coming off an injury, healing up, doing the stem cells, doing the peptides to try to get those, re- get the muscle recovered. How do you, how do you feel compared to this last year? I know with the injury, you didn't have to deal with an injury last year like this. Mm-hmm. You know, again, we, you had a little bit of a quad strain, but what, how do you feel right now going into it in terms of just to give, transparency to everybody that's listening um i mean last year i don't know what happened last year i think i just i got to a point last year where i just like stopped training for too long and i just lost so much motivation i'm like i'm gonna give my body rest and i took like four months off working out Mm. and i was like 235 pounds like not very lean just like weak and just like then i got covid and a lot of people i think experienced and i didn't even notice until after i thought back but like i was mentally like kind of like I don't want to use the word depressed, but like, I just like didn't feel like myself for a long time after that. And it was so hard for me to get back into it. But this year, I mean, I got injured, but I only lost, I didn't, sorry, I put on weight, but I, instead of being 235 higher body fat, I'm 253, 255 mm-hmm. higher body fat. So I'm still not like skinny right now and training now. I'm not super weak. Calvin might think I am and you might think I am, but like <laughs> in the past I've been much weaker. So I think in terms of where I'm at to not even have close to begun an off season, I'm in a much better spot than I've been in the past. And mentally, I'm like still training. Whereas normally, when I'm like weak and I'm off and I'm like chilling, I'm just like, oh, you know, like fuck, who cares about the gym? But I'm actually still working out consistently on my program and training hard. So I feel a lot better and I'm mentally ready to be like big and strong and start pushing in again. So I'm well, kind of excited. Well, is that why a lot of people thought that you were quitting last year? Maybe. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I looked like I was quitting bodybuilding. Yeah. <laughs> when you see the bodybuilding, like, fuck, that guy lost a lot of weight, you know? I was that guy, yeah. You were already in your possible... <laughs> I was doing the Levroni off-season. Yeah, you're I doing was going to say, we're in the massive transformation. Exactly, yeah. 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 Well, with that being said, a lot of people always talk about how many years you're going to have left. Do you want to share with the audience what your mentality is on how much longer you want to keep competing? Yeah. And I mean, it's funny. I always say this and it sounds like it's like a scripted thing, but it's like so genuine, like me and Courtney talking. It's like my honest answer is one more. 
because last year I was like, this might be my last one. And, you know, I didn't, I didn't tell you that, <laughs> but I was like, maybe if, if this goes like shit and I'm like, if my health isn't there afterwards, if I'm not feeling good, if it's too stressful, like, why am I doing this? You know, I'm not going to do something that I used to love and now it stresses me out. And I'm not going to continue to push myself through yeah. it if my heart isn't in it, but my heart came back in it and I'm like, fuck it. Like, I want to do it again. I want to do it better. You know, I don't want to tear my bicep next year. I want to even improve on that. So I know I have at least one more in me. And after this year, same thing. You know, if I'm like, fuck, I'm done. I'm like getting out of here, then I'm done. You know, and I hope that I trust myself enough to know that it's time to check out because my, my one goal I have with retirement is retiring on top. You know, that's, that's really all I care about. I don't really care how many number, how many I get, you know, at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter. So you don't have a set number. Are you literally going year to year? Yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I truly don't think I'm the kind of person where when I'm like 50 with kids, I'm going to care if I had six or seven or eight, you know, mm -hmm. I'm going to be like, I crushed some fucking Olympias. I'm very proud of what I accomplished. <laughs> and you know, I checked out and, and now I'm done. So I, it's not something that's going to be forever for me. I'm not going to go to 10. That's for damn sure. I would like to, when I have a family and I'd like to have family in my early thirties, I want to be done with bodybuilding. I want to be healthy. I want to be fully involved in that. And that's my priority. So I'm taking it kind of year by year right now. And all my focus is on is winning another one this year. And then we'll decide after that. Well, year by year, I think that's exactly the way I like to plan things out yeah. because you never know what's happening during that journey. Mm -hmm. that can change things. So you want to be able to try to go to the show. Can you peak properly? Can you still make sure to maintain a high training level, making sure that your body still responds to the diet, to everything that you're trying to put into it when you get on that stage. And then at that point, make a decision. Mm-hmm. Yeah, make a decision. It's so I'm have not a plan sometimes, but yeah. like you got to be ready that life's going to throw some shit at you, and you you can't you can't really expect to know what's going to happen in the well, future. I feel like that's when somebody asks, like, "Oh, how many kids do you want?" It's like I don't know where I'm going to be. Don't know what's going to happen next year. Don't know where you're going to be with your spouse. It's fun to throw out a number mm -hmm. or whatever, but like people are like, "I'd like to have two kids." I'm like, "Well, you can have one and then triplets." You know, it's like <laughs> you don't know what's going to happen, and that's why it's good to just take things incrementally. Mm -hmm. And because I think anytime somebody throws out a number of like any sport or whatever, I want ten wins or I want this, I'm like, okay, well, you don't know where you're going to be in six years. Yeah. Like, let's <laughs> I feel like that's just such a huge like ego thing of yeah. trying to have more wins than someone else. And then you're just comparing yourself to others rather than choosing a goal for yourself. Exactly. And I don't know if there's much satisfaction of that for that in the end, because it's not really for yourself. Mm -hmm. Well put. I think that right now also your life has changed a lot because as you said, last year business. So mm -hmm. let's talk a little bit about business real quick on your business schedule. What do you look like in terms of your scheduling? Because I mean, when you and I spoke earlier in the years, I think it was like maybe the second week of January, you're like, bro, I got to go to India. I got to go to t Dubai. I got to go to uh, Uganda. I don't know what you do around <laughs> No Uganda trips. We were going to go to Japan, but that one got canceled. So. Oh, it did? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I I'll, think. We'll find out. <laughs> <laughs> and right now you're here in Dallas and we are going to train. We're going to kick off our off season here and we're going to also get to do our seminar. Mm -hmm. So depending on when this launches, maybe um, we're, we're just a couple of days away. And the seminar is already sold out. It's been sold out for about a week. But what I wanted to say is we got a lot of different things going on. You have things going on. I have things going on. But for you specifically, um, you have raw, you have, uh, you have your own personal brand. You have something else that I think you want to talk a little bit about that, um, that's in a can. Oh, bomb energy. Bomb energy. We got the CEO sitting on the couch over here. He's handling all the stress of that, luckily. <laughs> so, and there have been a lot of issues in getting that going. But I just so Calvin's the new CEO, Maddie. Oh, Maddie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> no, yeah, there, there, we have a lot of projects coming up this year, and there's there's even more than that. You know, um, did you bring any? They're not. Are they going to ship being run right I didn't now. know. About Are they going to ship some? Try to get them FedEx. Man. Right, get on the phone, Mr. CEO guy. Oh, shoot, I didn't even God. know about that. They're not done yet. They're literally running through the machine right now. They okay. had to go to Philadelphia two days ago to taste them and make sure all the carbonation and everything was right. But Was it good? You solid? Sponsor of the Truth Podcast. That's right. The best thing you'll ever taste. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> we should we'll just put it right in the middle. Right there. Right there. Right in the right yeah. there. We'll That's edit it. one in. Superimpose it. Yep. Yes. But yeah, I mean, I, to that point, I have a lot of very good partners in my life yep. matt does a lot of my personal brand help mm -hmm. and dan's helping us with a lot of stuff too and he's doing all the energy and i have like dom with raw and mm -hmm. calvin with all my content i have an amazing team of people who i couldn't do of anything i'm doing without them so yes i'm busy but i know i can delegate a lot of the difficult shit to them then they can get that done and i gotta get done what i need to get done which at the end of the day is kind of building the brand that's going to help them and yep. being mr olympia you know top line Thing I got to focus on because if I pull focus away from anything, you know, I have a lot of help that can come in. But if I pull focus away from bodybuilding, I'm losing the Olympia. So that's kind of got to be where my priority is, especially at certain times of the year. And I mean, you were kind of like yelling at me for going into the warehouse a little bit too much last year, yes. but at like four weeks out, they didn't even see me. I think it was four weeks out of the Olympia until I came back two weeks post Olympia. I didn't even go in because it was just that was my focus. I couldn't. We moved in with like a 35 minute drive away and I would like, I'll fall asleep if I drive that far. Yeah. So I would go do my morning cardio, lie on the couch, fall asleep, eat, train, sleep, eat, cardio. I could hear it in your eat. voice. I could hear it in your voice. When I know when you're really, really tired mm -hmm. and sometimes in the past where I could work people through because they're used to it. Like look at Hottie. Hottie's a great example, right? Hottie, I have to tell him, take a day off. Hottie's a freaking machine. He is ridiculous to watch. Animal. Yeah. Hottie is a fucking animal. They call him a wolf. He literally is an animal. You have to be able to grab him, pull him away because he just wants to just keep tearing. You were fighting him on that last leg day where he just kept, we were in Vegas and he just kept plates, 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 plates. He's like, no, I'm doing more. No, I'm doing more. I'm just like, how no. is this guy doing this? And I just Crazy. had to tell him. I mean, you worked out with him. Uh -huh. Yeah. Yeah. I was dying. That's why he said to me, he looks at me and he was like, Chris, you know, he goes, Chris. Just kiddies, train hard. <laughs> Got the respect this of the year, Yeah, you will be his best. And I was like, and this, you know, like, like the Chris part is, is exactly the way he says it. The rest of it is all in Farsi. Yeah. And he says to me, he goes, because he saw you pose and you know, he's like, yes, yes. And just man of not many words, uh -huh. but he's just like, yes. And he goes, he trains hard. He goes, I didn't expect him to train that hard. <laughs> <laughs> Just like a good thing, right? Yeah. And uh, so you know he was making fun of me the whole time. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it, it's funny when somebody who doesn't speak your language and who's deaf makes fun of you because it makes <laughs> like, you know, that it's, you have a deeper appreciation of yeah. people talking shit about you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, and then he's he turned, very good at talking shit with his eyes and his, he is, he mannerism. can express a lot with just his mannerisms. It's yeah. pretty funny. Well, yeah. and the craziest thing about it is you guys both ended up winning the Olympia. Yeah. Right. I mean, you know, you already had won and he had not even been in the top two yet. Mm -hmm. And for him to be able to come in and be able to do it was that. a big jump for him. Yeah. It was a big jump for him. And for you guys to be able to get that energy for one another and have the camp here for mm -hmm. that week, um, five, six days you were here and then the six weeks he was here. I think that was really cool because it really shows, we haven't really talked about that dynamic but it really just shows how much I think it helped elevate both of you to a degree. It was a cool, unexpected collaboration. 
Yeah. I feel like you just would not expect the you two to end up training together and mm-hmm. spending several days training together. It was just like cool and random to watch, but it led to some really entertaining stuff. Yeah. I would, I would go back and call it Derek and I'm like, oh man, we had some really good sessions. He'd be like, yeah. man, I wish I was there. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Next time we'll bring Derek. Yeah. Down. Yeah. Next time we'll definitely bring Derek. And I think that the biggest thing now is just saying, okay, well, let's go through, let's be able to get this off season done while we're still working right i have a lot of things i'm working on you have a lot of things you're working on but at the end of the day we still have work to do mm-hmm. to be able to go through and try to be your best ever so the very common question which is sometimes you can roll your eyes out with it but are there, are there main key points focused on for this off season improvements to be made well we have a guest here i can always answer yeah. that question but i'm well, gonna let you do that I, I I have this person who tells me what to do. <laughs> I think they call him a coach. It back and forth. Somebody so, give me an answer. What are the yeah. improvements we're focusing on? <laughs> what I would really like to do is really be, make sure number one, get his arm mm-hmm. back to 100% quickly as possible. Um, we're going to do, actually, what body part are you on today? Because you were traveling. I didn't know what, what you ended up doing. I training. just took two days off, so I can really do most of anything. Back, 120 ounces of tomahawk steak, so Literally, you're fueled yeah. up right now. Yeah. <laughs> I saw that. I was getting fed. This was like, up in Kentucky, fed. right? Kentucky, yeah. I was down there for MegaFit. MegaFit. The, the owner's mother, I stayed in, the, in her basement, actually, but she's a, she owned the restaurant from Greece, great chef, baker, everything, just fed us nonstop. I've been eating good. You were there alone or who did you go with? Courtney and Poppy were with Okay. Yeah. 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 Oh, is that what she was eating? The tomahawk in the plane? On the plane. Yeah. She posted yeah. that on yeah. her social. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Courtney was just eating tomahawk with her bare hands. Out of a like, Ziploc bag. Out of a Ziploc <laughs> bag. Yeah. Yeah. We left and she was just giving us food. I'm like, all right, like we'll take it. That's awesome. awesome. Yeah. Well, and, and shout out to Megafit for sponsoring our, um, our seminar as well as Young LA. Mm-hmm. Um, Raw, we, we're doing stuff with Evigen. We're doing some really cool giveaway stuff for both of us um, on the product side. But one of the things is that I wanted to focus on for this year is trying to get his back more three dimensional. Mm. Um, I feel like he has so much real estate because he's six one. And so when you're six one and being able to create a lot of that, what we call more separated and naughty muscle when i say naughty meaning knots mm-hmm. not naughty being like bad yeah, yeah. Like, like this sort of, <laughs> pick it up on that yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is that we want that separation and when you hit that back double bicep and he drops those elbows and he brings his lats back out yeah i just want to see just continued improvement into that back double bicep so lower trap rhomboid uh terry's being able to have a little more three-dimensionality to it so I think we got a little bit of that last year, but just continuing to be able to kind of build in, in those areas would be great. I think his chest is already phenomenal. Chest, shoulders are really great, but getting their arms 100% and then being able to see any kind of improvement on that end. I think on the outer sweep, he's done a great job. Even your calves have improved. They, they stay. They normally they they improve and then they disappear at the end of my prep every year. But they, yeah, but they there kind of I saw earlier when he was walking over to the restroom when you stepped stepped out. When I took my eight weeks off, I was doing some calf workouts. So, were you just training calf? Well, you stayed. They stayed full, but yeah. but I also think that some of those things have really stuck. So we're getting ready to do our first workout of the year after this. So we're going to be able to also shoot it, be able to put some stuff up on on YouTube, mm-hmm. and be able to show everybody the beginning, the kickoff of the twenty twenty three season. So, yeah. what's on the agenda for the first workout? Well, I think we once we get there, yeah, well, yeah, once we get there, we'll get to figure it out. <laughs> Another thing we spoke about that I, you mentioned and we're both on the same page of is now that I'm 
I have a weight cap and mm-hmm. I've been at the same weight for a while. And I'm, mm-hmm. you know, I normally get up to 265 and I'm really pushing food. And, you know, as Honey said, I had a very fat ass last year. He, 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 he kept saying my ass got too fat. So, you know, Courtney really likes that, but he didn't. So the goal, <laughs> this, the goal of this year Sorry, is, Court. Sorry. She won't be happy. She doesn't like it when yeah. I'm skinny. She wants me to be fat. Yeah. But the goal of this year is I, I think if we stayed around 255 and just like got myself leaner, 258, kind of stayed in there and kind of brought food up and down rather than me just pushing food and kind mm-hmm. of just seeing how heavy I can get, really kind of monitoring my body fat percentage throughout the off season so I don't have to have a stressful or big of a push during prep mm. then I'll be in a better place when I start prep and I'll be able to keep training hard and keep more food in throughout prep and then keep pushing and I think maintain some of the muscle that we're going to hopefully build this off season so that's always been the fascinating thing to me is when somebody is pushing for that weight cap they're but still making improvements on that mm-hmm. it's always been fascinating to watch that process yeah we're we were only down about two pounds two and a half pounds below the cap so we were, I think you weighed in around 237, 238, right? I, was, I think it was like 237.9 or something. Yeah. So you're just two pounds below. Yeah. And one of the things that I always get questions on, and I'm sure you do too, lots, is that when will Chris do an open show? Because you've teased it quite a bit, and more recently now than ever, <laughs> yeah. about possibly doing an open show. Let's talk a little bit about that because I think there needs to be a little bit more clarification because people go, oh, maybe he can get an invite to the Olympia. Olympia. <laughs> Imagine that. Imagine that. Just pull out of the classic league and go in the open. That's it. That's it. So tell me about what your mindset is with that, how it was before, how it is now, and how what what is your mental stance on getting ready for an open show? I know you've talked about it. We even, you even teased it a little bit when we did our seminar mm-hmm. in um, the Arnold last year, but where are you with that? Um, so I would, I mean, as I always say, I would never push myself on certain things and mm-hmm. train a certain level and do anything throughout like a year or two years time to be in the open. Like I don't want to push for a year to be in the open, but I would love to peak for an open show. Mm. You know, maybe one year if time allows it, my health allows it. And we're just like, I'm in shape post Olympia or something. Cause even last year, and I was thinking this when we were talking about peak week, we were still so conservative. Mm-hmm. Like I had no sodium, not no, but it was, I mean, it was really none. A little bit in like- No, you mustard. had some. A no, tiny little some. bit. Barely. Yeah. <laughs> but like, I didn't have like a burger and fries and a sodium load where I'm yeah, like, I'm yeah, so yeah. full right now. It was like, all right, like, you know, like 10 milligrams of pink Himalayan salt on this meal, a little bit of mustard. <laughs> you know, I had my little crack scale out where I would like sprinkle the salt on. <laughs> he's like, put it on the meal, line. you know? He's like, it's all I got. I was like, can I have like, can I load up some, some salt? And he's like, nope, you look good. Why would you change it? I'm like, yeah, fair enough. But like, I'm curious what it would happen if we're like, we fed me into a show and really like blew up. I would lose some lines and it wouldn't have looked good for classic. You know, I had to come in really lean because yeah, yeah. everyone's lean and I have a weight cap and all that stuff. But to really see what my physique would look like, if for like two weeks we just fed me up, pushed the limits, carved up a really heavy for it, and I stepped on stage at like two forty eight, maybe you know, like and you're going into it with a completely different mindset. And you're not going just into, for fun, yeah, exactly, yeah, you know, yeah, just like so a local not show. an Olympia type thing, but just not a big show, but something that would just be a basic open pro show is what you're talking about. Maybe, yeah, who knows? Or this year, you know, whatever happens, it will be happened. The next year, I'm like, I'll do the open. And I'll ask for a special invite. And now you're just throwing things out. Wow. Wow. The pot has been oh, turned upside man. down. I have I said, expecting that one. I have said that if the Arnold moved 
to three, two, three weeks post Olympia, I would do the open at the Arnold. After Next that, year, yeah, but they're not, it's not. It's not moving though. So that's that's. Well, why. I'm going to keep throwing out that out there until they do. Okay, or I just won't do it. So there you yeah. go. <laughs> Listen, Brian Powers, you're out there. Yeah. Listen, move the whole Olympia <laughs> <Harlow> Classic. <laughs> oh my god! So yeah, yeah. I think you're kind of half serious about it. Yeah, we'll see. I can tell. You know, most of the time I can tell between him joking and being serious. And right now, there's definitely some serious nature to that. We'll find out, I guess, later this year <laughs> or next year. Who knows? <laughs> be like, hey, honey, we got to have a conversation. <laughs> we can figure out. Spice that. it up a little bit. Spice it up a little bit. Yeah. Ooh, that yeah. would definitely throw some spice on the mm-hmm. on the barbecue. I sauce. can see the videos being made now. Lots of Chris moving open. Oh, yeah. That's, that's mm-hmm. it. That's it. You're gonna have to um, definitely. We're going to have to have a conversation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now you got my wheels turning. Be like, okay, we're going to have this conversation. Um, <laughs> that's a, on that note. Yep. <laughs> on the that way to wrap it up. Yeah. The great way to wrap it up. Yep. So again, um, let's go ahead and we'll keep everybody in, in the loop on everything we're doing. We're going to try to be really more con- uh, consistent with the podcast. I appreciate everybody hitting me up saying how much they enjoy it. Um, so make sure you you smash the like button make sure you go ahead and comment it helps the algorithm it tells people that you do like this content and share so um again thank you so much for coming on um i know we've been talking about doing this for a long time Mm -hmm. (laughs) finally i appreciate it thank you for having me it's good to be back in texas had to get some workouts in and do the seminar and have some fun with it so let's get ready to crush yeah Yeah. honey rambod austin c-bum and that's the truth